0: Good morning, and welcome back to the Dallas Express video podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Zubiate Bennett. Dallas is renowned for its vibrant economy and as a thriving hub for businesses. It is noteworthy that within Dallas Proper, we've seen a trend of businesses gravitating towards the suburbs. But every challenge presents an opportunity. Today, I have the honor of introducing you to a titan in real estate development and finance, Mr. Scott Beck. He's navigated through a labyrinth of challenges with Dallas City Hall demonstrating resilience and determination. As a chairman and CEO of UTB Financial Holdings, Scott helms the parent company of the distinguished United Texas Bank. His past associations with top tier financial institutions have enabled the successful financing of monumental projects across the US totaling billions. Beyond his banking accomplishments, Scott serves as a CEO of Beck Ventures and as a managing partner of Anthem Development. Over a span of 25 years, he masterminded the development of Trophy Club a sprawling 3500 acre mixed-use city. Before these commendable feats, Mr. Beck's expertise shone at prestigious institutions like JP Morgan Chase, Ernst & Young, and others. Besides his professional accomplishments, his heart for the community is evident as he sits on numerous educational and charitable boards nationwide. But Scott's story isn't just about the numbers and acreage. His dream for Dallas Midtown is to foster a bustling urban hub replete with luxury residences, upscale retail offices, hotels, and entertainment spaces. As a CEO of Beck Ventures, Scott's aspiration is to usher in a future for Dallas that is energetic, prosperous, and enduring, a legacy for the coming generations. In summary, Scott Beck is not just a name. He embodies the spirit of visionary development and financial acumen, driving Dallas toward a brilliant and prosperous future. Please help me welcome Scott in our first ever two-part interview. I know you've recently mentioned the weak mayoral system. Yes. We have done a lot of research to determine the difference on the some city having a strong mayoral system versus a weak one like we have. And whether or not not that's actually beneficial for pro-business growth and development. It actually has not made any much, I guess it hasn't really benefited anyone if it is a strong mayoral system. What we found is that perhaps incentivizing the city manager who as you know, has wields a ton of power Mm -hmm to meet certain objectives might be a different way to approach the difficulties on the zoning side, on crime, on many different areas. Do you have any thoughts on that particular statement? Well, I think right now, info? we're the
1: only large city in the entire United States that with doesn't have a, a yeah, with, that doesn't have a strong mayor form of government. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's I could argue either side, Yeah. right? I mean, Same. I think there's pros and cons on, on for having, uh, I would say, from a from a developer perspective, in cities where the mayor actually um, has has really the the ability to effectuate change, and then the ability to be the CEO of the city, uh, you find that you can actually get things done. Now, you might not like what the mayor's doing, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, there's there's ideas behind having. Things go slow mm-hmm. because then things don't go off track. Uh, but I, I, I personally am a proponent of a strong mayor form of government. Tell us why. And and I believe that when you think about the different things that that are happening in the city of Dallas, um, and and I'm just going to go back to the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and the fact that that we lost the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that's right. Now, ultimately, you could blame that on the mayor. You could blame that on the county commissioners at the time. But ultimately, it doesn't matter who, where, where you effectuate blame. If the citizens wanted it and you had, a at the time, a strong mayor form of government. Now, it just so happened, I think Laura Miller was actually against doing it. But if you had a, a strong mayor form of government and there was enough citizen support, the mayor could have listened to the people and actually effectuated doing something. Um, it, and, it's not a veto, right? No, no, a strong mayor form of government is you are the CEO of the city. Mm-hmm. So there is no city manager. So what happens is, is you, you would have assistant city managers still that are running That's all right. the different departments, exactly. right, but, but the person that those city managers report to is the mayor of the city. And so, you know, you can look at places like Chicago where it's a disaster, mm-hmm. right? And you can look at places like Fort Worth that are getting great things done yep. by having a strong mayor form of government. And so, you know, we can argue as a city as to, is a Grow South initiative good, or is it not good? Um, You know, at the time when Mike Rollins was the, the head, of the, head of the city when he yep. was the mayor, you know he was very in favor of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not here to say whether that's a bad idea or not. It's just that it was his idea. Yeah, it was. He was there for eight years and unable to do it. Mm-hmm. And why? Because he was not the CEO of the also, city. But, yep. but I think in a city as large as the city of Dallas and the complex problems that we have at the city of Dallas, um, we need to be looking at, at a mayor that can be the CEO and ultimately make the hard decisions i mean these decisions aren't going to get easier over the the next 15 years with artificial intelligence with an aging infrastructure in the city of dallas uh with infighting i mean there's there's all types of things that you need to have in my mind a strong mayor or certainly and we're going through this review right now of our city constitution i think it's called um and charters city charter that's right and you know when you look at that city charter and and ultimately make the decisions as to what the changes should be made, mm-hmm. you could stop short of doing strong mayor, but you could certainly do line item vetoes for the mayor. You could have the mayor have vetoes on the budget. That's right. I mean, you could do all kinds of things that get you closer to a strong mayor without actually having the mayor be the CEO. Um, again, my personal belief is is that you should have a strong mayor form of government and be just like all the other large cities where Closely approaching one of the largest cities in the country, and so it's, I think it's it's well time for us to evaluate that. And you know, ultimately, we have to do it anyways every ten years. It's in our charter. Yeah. So that's what's happening. You know, the strong mayor form of government component was actually championed last by Laura Miller, that's right. and she was actually saying, "Hey, I'm not. It's not even going to go into effect while I'm here. So i I believe in it so much." but I think it's the next person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to wield power for myself. I'm just saying this is the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, what I believe though, whether it's the strong mayor form of government, it's line item vetoes, it's just various charter amendments. It's the messenger that's the important component yeah. because we are such a, a divided and fractured city. Um, and you know, ve- most people that live in various districts in the city <sighs> Haven't even necessarily been to all the districts in the city, but certainly that that doesn't help from a divisive perspective, especially yeah. when you're trying to do a constitutional amendment. Yeah, and and you know our city seems to be divided between haves and have-nots. I know um, between I know. ethnic ethnic racial divides, um, and I think that was part of the the benefit that we had with Eric Johnson at the time is is that he really actually represented the divide. Correct. Right. So he grew up he in really South did. Dallas. He went to private school Greenhill in North Dallas. Yep. Um, you know, so he really lived on both sides of the divide. Yep. Um, and I think that, that was that, that was a special time in our history. Correct. Um, again, without getting into politics, whether you like him or you don't like him or you like his politics I or like not. Him. I do you know, so that's um, <laughs> I do I so, like him, but I um, like
0: most people. <laughs> and, and
1: and he was a couple of years younger than me at Green Hill. So as yep. a person right i like him yes. i think he's a good person yes. i think he's a great human being mm-hmm. and you know he's obviously a politician so people are going to be on either side of the aisle related yeah. to what they think about him uh, but i think as a, as an actual person he's a great he's he a is. great person yep. uh, and so you know ultimately though from a from a political divide it, it should be tantamount to if Laura Miller was championing that. If you hear from Mike Rollins that he basically thinks that various changes, I think he stopped short of saying a strong mayor form of government, but he's very in favor of, of vetoes. If you were to talk to most of our modern day mayors of this city, they would say we have a broken system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and these are things that you're supposed to evaluate every 10 years and we're here. We're here. Um, and so let's do it. Yeah. Let's evaluate it. let's right. do the tough work. Yeah, um, And I think citizens should get involved and in, and try to understand what it means for the city because taxes are going up, Yep. right? It's getting more expensive to live here. It is. So we should pay attention to what's going on. If you want a lesson in how to, Basically, get cohesion uh, amongst a body. You should you really talk to Linda Coop, mm-hmm. right? She is a consensus builder, and um, and it and it takes strong leadership and consensus building to get things done, especially you know in a city as large as as Dallas is. Um, and she
0: preceded Rep. Lee Kleinman and then Janie Schultz, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, it was okay. it, she 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 uh, she was there, and then before her. Um, was a woman named Lois Finkelman. Okay. Um, so, so that was really kind of the procession that, okay. that that's gone on, and and really each person in that chain all really followed the same suit in terms of how things how things ultimately got accomplished, uh, you know, at the city, which is the person who usually ends up being the next city council representative, mm-hmm. usually is on the park board or they're a CPC commissioner, okay. and so. It really is kind of almost like an anointed one. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this goes throughout the whole city for each for each district. So, you know, the citizens that are end up voting for someone are really voting for someone who's kind of been part of just the machine for years. Mm -hmm. So Tenelle Atkins did a great job in his district out down in South Dallas. He said, we're going to focus on Brodsky's deal of Southwest Center Mall. Which ultimately they decided to not call Southwest Center Mall and decided to continue to brand it Redbird Mall, which I grew up here in Dallas, and that's what it was already called. I don't know why they changed were changing <laughs> the name to be with. Um, and so, you know, the idea though is is that he focused on that. So he said Peter did Peter Brodsky. Well Peter Brodsky, Pe- Brodsky focused on it because Peter invested that's in right. It. Know, yeah, Pe- yeah, yeah, Peter's now sold that's sold right. the property. Correct. Um, but he focused on it and and but more importantly, it's that tanell atkins the city Tillnell you know, yep. atkins the city representative for that area said i'm going to focus on this project mm-hmm. right irrespective obviously he focuses on other things i'm sure mm-hmm. but that project got 30 40 million dollars mm-hmm. in grants from the city of dallas and so since they received that that money that helped in you know make that project go mm-hmm. and the infrastructure around that project that that project needed to have. But ultimately when you're doing it, and this is part of kind of how um, private versus, versus public works. So when the city's doing a project for themselves, they are talking in and amongst themselves to decide how to, what is the appropriate way to upgrade the sewer line, right? Should we blow it up in place? Should we dig, dig a tunnel underneath it and put a new one in place? Um, you know, these are infrastructure issues and a lot of times the plans are written on like parchment paper, Mm -hmm. um, if you can even find the plans down at the city for whatever it is that you're trying to do, because this stuff has been put in place 40, 50, 60, 80 years ago. Uh, and, and then not only does that get put in place, but then the telcos put their stuff on top of it and, you know, the gas line gets put on top of it. And, you know, you just start layering all of these things, fiber optics. And so consequently... When, when, you, when a private company has to put in a public infrastructure project, they're going back and forth with the city. So we hire, you know, at Tignall Perkins, and you ultimately have them design plans, and then you submit your plans. And then it goes to the bottom of the pile at the city of Dallas as public works. And then it works its way up to the top after a couple of months. They make some comments, and they send it back to you. We send it back to our team our team makes the changes required within two to three days goes back to the city goes back to the bottom of the pile Mm -hmm. takes three months to get back up to the top so you're going back and forth and back and the fourth and you've got three months in between each cycle well if it's a city project there's no three months back and forth Mm -hmm. so consequently to do a project that should take you know from a construction development everything should take less than a year and a half it ends up taking three and a half years yeah right to go through that process and it's painful because ultimately when you're trying to make decisions as to how to do a public works project these are civil engineers there's different ways that you can get to the same correct answer Mm -hmm. but ultimately it's a solution that a private development company Mm -hmm. shouldn't be the one in charge of the burden of of the project Um, and so that was that's a problem that Mm -hmm. was that was that was pretty much the largest hang up of why this Midtown project has been taking so long. I know. If we were to go in with a permit and they don't give us the permit within 45 days, what I believe I heard just in the past two weeks, the city attorney's office has said, is they're gonna do a lot more denials right before the 45th day, right? Because if they just go ahead and deny you, then effectively there's nothing there's nothing you can do anyway. So
0: you can't have that
1: Right. There is no 45 days because you you basically, you've been kicked out of the process. So
0: would you petition
1: it? Well, you could. The question is, do you want to be- How much
0: money is that going to cost? One, how
1: much money is it going to cost? And two, do you want to be the developers that's going up against the establishment? Which by the way, is helpful to then have a strong mayor form of government. I would think so that mayor can be for or against a specific thing and can help things move along sometimes if necessary in in theory in our city it's supposed to be the city council representative for that area that's doing it but we've got multiple 14 different districts and so there's bargains that are going on behind closed doors to get things done in people's districts, which is a little ridiculous i agree
0: and Scott, I hope that you will join me again. For sure. As this development continues to gain traction, finally. You're such a blessing to this community. Thank you. We value you, we appreciate you, and thank you for coming.
1: It's been my pleasure, thanks for having me. Thank you, Scott.
0: So we're in here at Berkeley. It's a beautiful little eatery off of Knox, and they're supposed to have wonderful coffee. So today we're gonna to be hitting up two different coffee places to see which one we like best. And maybe some other snacks as well. Want to peruse the aisles with me a little bit? There's vegan yogurt, chia pudding. There's pink guava, mango, vanilla, plain. Hi. Fine, how are you? We could have these. And then she's gonna have a 12 ounce iced latte. And if I could do your 12 ounce Americano. Thank you. Okay, so like I said earlier, we're at the corner of Knox and Travis. And this is where Mr. Charles is. And we're here, I don't know what time it is. It's 10-ish. And it's beautiful. The weather's incredible. People are comfortable. It's pretty busy and I love it. I really love it. I can't wait to go to Foxtrot and kind of do a feedback session there, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. Mmm. That's delicious. Oh my god. Isn't that delicious? Oh my god. Mmm. That's really good. That's a mango one. Good too. Made in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Me too. This one is the pink guava. Okay, so now we're heading to Foxtrot. That place was really adorable. It was really fresh, crisp, clean, bright, which I absolutely love. The coffee—it was so good. Okay, so now we're here in front of Foxtrot. It's really cute. It has a similar vibe to where we just were at Berkeley Market. Um, I think we might also stop by Stag Provisions. I always get stuff for Monty in here and he actually likes it. So first Foxtrot, here we go. But similar, comparable stuff. Sochill Chips, yes. It's just a perfect little neighborhood spot. I'm going to get this one. Since we tried (laughs) the other one, I still have this little bag here. But, oh, that's cute. Foxtrot water. Oh, I've never tried that. Luna Bay Hard Kombucha. Grapefruit jalapeno. It smells like, it smells like fall. Oh, wow. <laughs> it smells like fall. Smell it. Okay, so breakfast tacos is always a win for me. Do you want a breakfast taco? Maybe one, a breakfast taco, because we're kind of pushing lunchtime. Mm. This stuff is bomb. They have the nitrogen tanks in the back. It's, I guess, like an iced oat latte, but with nitrogen, it's fabulous. And now we're going to go ahead and sample this. Matcha chia pudding. Good coconut milk, matcha green tea. Let's see what it tastes like. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it, it has my heart. This nitro oat milk brew is to die for. This coconut matcha chia pudding, clear winner for me. I absolutely love uh, that nutritional label. It's just nice and clean, which I always try and opt for. And yes, I highly suggest that you come to those places, but for me, probably try foxtrot first.